Well, hey, welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're glad you're with us today. Hey, we're always inspired to hear how God is using this ministry from right here in Winchester, Virginia to change lives all around the world. And if you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email at amen at myoasischurch.org. Now, if you'd like to support this ministry financially so that we can continue to bring messages just like this one to you each and every single week, you can do so at myoasischurch.org slash give. Thank you so much for your generosity. You're truly making a difference. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God. Excited that you're here with us this morning. You can uh, have a seat. My name is Jonathan, and if we haven't had the pleasure to meet, me and my wife get to serve here as the lead pastors, and we're so thankful that you decided to be with us this morning. We hope that you felt welcome when you walked in, that this is a place that you can belong and feel loved and know that you are welcome here. And uh, if you're watching online, welcome to those watching online. I have a few highlights I want to tell you real quick. And the first one is church. Uh, we had small groups launch just a couple weeks ago. Anybody in a small group? Amen. A few of you. We have small groups uh, for young adults. We have small groups for men, for ladies, uh, just for fun. Small group. We have Bible study. Uh, we have, um, uh, the, now, now Singh sent me an email this week and said, you have to, t- oh, he headed down. He said, you have to take time to, to promote his small group. So I'm going to, it's, uh, it's the walking small group. They go for walks. Amen. Anybody need to go for a walk once in a while? And uh, they're meeting this Saturday, so if you're interested in that, you can talk to Singh or Sherry uh, by, by going to our website, myoasischurch.org. Yeah, they got a couple small groups going on. He's, uh, he's, he's rolling. Um, but uh, you can talk to them by, by heading to our website or stop by the Next Steps area on your way out this morning. Oasis Youth is launching next Sunday, so that's exciting. For this fall semester, youth will take place during our Sunday service. Uh, so if you have a teenager, at around this time, they'll actually have the opportunity to head out for a, a special service just for them. And then um, we'll also be having monthly events for them as well. Uh, so that's super exciting. Next week, we'll have all the information for you. Uh, growth track is uh, your next step. If you haven't done that yet, I encourage you to, to go through the growth track. Currently, that's digital, online, on-demand, steps one and two. You can go online to myoasischurch.org and, and go through that. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you've never done it or or, or maybe you did it a long time ago and you just want to get a refresher, I encourage you to go to myoasischurch.org and take your next step uh, with our growth track. And I'm excited about this last one. We're having baptisms in just a couple of weeks. Anybody excited for some baptisms? It's been about a year since we've, oh, come on. It's been about a year since we've had baptisms. So I'm super, super excited about that. Maybe you recently gave your life to Christ or, or maybe you've just never been water baptized. We'd love to encourage you to sign up. You can stop by the Next Steps area or uh, if, if you just feel inspired that day to get baptized, we'll have a change of clothes for you. You can get baptized uh, spontaneously if you would like as well. But we're in week number three of our series, Donkey Mission. Look at your neighbor and say, Donkey Mission. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to First Samuel chapter 9. Thank you, Alexis. He ended it with that nice progression chord thing. I don't know what it's called. If you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 9 is where we'll be this morning. Now, we're in week number three, so uh, raise your hand if you were here at least one of the weeks of the sermon series, okay? Raise your hand if you, raise both hands if you're here for both weeks of the series so far. 
Look at you, holy saints. So, so proud of you. Uh, and uh, obviously, you're here this morning. If you did not see week one or two, go back to our website. They will be available uh, soon for you to watch. But to give a little bit of a recap so far, uh, this series, Donkey Mission, we're talking about a guy in the Old Testament. His name was Saul, and he was destined by God to be the king of Israel, his greater mission, the king of Israel. And we've been talking about him, uh, that he had, to, he had to go off with a servant looking for some donkeys, hence the name Donkey Mission. And the mission seemed pointless, but days later, he found himself a part of something, something so much bigger, the, the king of Israel. And um, this was his greater mission. Uh, last, when, when is the last time you've thought or said out loud, what is the point? What is the point? Take a moment just to think about that. I know we've been asking that question every single week so far, but I'm sure at some point, all of us at one point or another have thought to ourselves, what is the point, and I'm sure this is what Saul was thinking as he was headed out. His dad sent him out to, to go look for the, the missing donkeys. And uh, Saul was something special, the Bible tells us. And I just want to take a moment to pause right here and remind you this morning that you are something special too. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you are special. You are special. Look at your other neighbor and say, you are special. I want you to... <laughs> We'll be talking about pride today. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kind of, actually. But God has something greater for you. Amen? Look at somebody else and say, God has something greater for you. He has something greater for your marriage. He has something greater for your family. He has something greater for your kids, for your grandkids, for your job, for your finances, for your school. I believe that God has something greater for every single person. And when God is leading us to our greater mission, we oftentimes have to go on donkey missions. And each week we've been examining a different detail of the story. The, uh, the first week we talked about the donkey missions that we are on in life. And last week we talked about our past and how it can hold us back. This week I want to talk about something that we all deal with, which is excuses. Excuses. Think to yourself for a moment. When is the last time you've made an excuse? Every day. That's honesty right there. Because most of us don't realize that we're making excuses in the midst of making them. Crazy, isn't it? We could think right now and we're like, oh man, that's a hard question. In hindsight, we can more easily see where excuses have limited us or held us back in some way in our life. And I believe this is why it's such an important topic to talk about. So let's pray this morning and ask God to, 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 to speak to us this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place this morning. God, I ask that you use me to speak to your people. Would you open their hearts and their, their ears to listen to hear you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want you to look at your neighbor and say the title of my message. It's going to be on the screen. It's my butt is in the way. Look at your neighbor and say my butt is in the way. Hey, I don't, it says B-U-T. It's not anything else. First Samuel chapter nine. Babe, can you pass me my water? Oh, never mind. I'll grab it. <laughs> She's nursing the baby. I don't know if I was supposed to say that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are you there? Say amen if you're there. First Samuel chapter 9. Say amen if you're just looking at the screen because you didn't bring a Bible. 
1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bacharath, and the son of Aphia of Benjamin. Come on, somebody. In my notes, I broke each one of those names down. <laughs> I think that's the first time I read that scripture without stumbling. Kish had a son named Saul, a handsome, a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel. And he was a head taller than anyone else. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go find the donkeys. Now they take off at this time and it's not going so well. They actually go through four different places and can't find the donkeys anywhere. And then they reach a place called Zuth. And look at what happens next, verse 5. When they reached the district of Zuf, Saul said to the servant who is with him, Come, let's go back or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. In this moment, Saul wants to quit the mission. He's ready to throw in the towel. His ego kicks in. But thankfully, his servant had another idea in verse 6. But the servant replied, look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. Saul said to his servant, but if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have in this moment? Something super interesting and super relatable to us is happening. Saul is making an excuse. His teammate is offering a legitimate option, but Saul is making an excuse. So this morning, I want to give us three thoughts on our excuses. So if you're taking notes, you should have already written down, my butt is in the way. Uh, and now you're going to take some notes on the, the, the three thoughts that I want to give you this morning. The first one is excuses always begin with but. Excuses always begin with but. When his buddy offers a possible solution, the first thing out of his mouth is, but wait, but wait. Now, before we start dogging Saul, let's take a moment and just acknowledge that all of us do this at some point in our lives. We all do this, whether it's exercising, but wait, <laughs> maybe I'll start on Monday, right? Not today, next week. I'll start next week. And then next week comes around, but, but we'll just wait an, another day, right? Um, maybe it's eating healthy, but man, the Chick-fil-A drive through the McDonald's drive through looks pretty appetizing when you've been going all day on the road. You got five kids in the car whining. Just go through the drive through right? Uh, maybe it's your to-do list. It's just growing and growing and growing. If it's anything like mine, I feel like my to-do list just overwhelms me sometimes. And I just say, well, I'm not doing any of it. So then I neglect housework. I'll neglect paperwork. I'll neglect uh, any work at all. Amen. Anybody relate to that? What is your butt keeping you from? What is your butt keeping you from? After high school, um, I just graduated high school, and a, a couple friends that went to the church I went to got a YMCA membership. Uh, we all had agreed to, to get this membership together. We are going to go to the gym like every other day. We were going to work out, and um, man, we were getting so pumped. We were so excited. We had a date on the calendar our first day, and we were, we were excited, and I was all, all in it. Then the day came that I had to wake up early to go to the gym for the first time, and I was making excuse after excuse 
excuse after excuse. And uh, a man named David uh, actually uh, called me and he said, Jonathan, where are you, man? Uh, we're all at the gym. Where are you? And I was like, man, you're not going to believe it. I had a terrible night at work. You know, it's just been a long night. I'm just going to, I'll probably start next week. And he said, nah, I'm on my way to come get you, buddy. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 you don't need to do that. He's like, nah, I'm going to be at your house. You better be ready because I will pull you out of that house and put you in my car. I tried making every excuse in the book not to go. Man, my, my leg is hurting. Now, this is a real story. I can't make this up. We get to the gym, and everybody started with the treadmills. I do not run. Can you tell? I don't run. There's nothing enjoyable about running. I think people who run are crazy. I, I see nothing fun about running at all. Um, I'll go for a nice walk, but who in their right mind wants to run? So uh, they're all getting on the treadmills, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to do great. And, and they're like, what are you talking about, man? I was like, no, nah, I'll just wait for, you know, the weights or something. <laughs> and uh, they're like, no, nah, you got to get up here. And I kid you not, I sat on the, a little bench. I'm paying for a membership, and I sat on a bench and watched my friends run on treadmills. And um, I was like, there's no way Every excuse always begins with, but how long are you going to let the same excuse move? How long are you going to let the same excuse stop you from moving forward in your life? Here's the reality that if we want to find an excuse for something, we can always find an excuse. There's excuses for why I don't go to that church or excuses for why I didn't do this job or excuses for why I didn't do whatever it is. There is always going to be a reason to find an excuse. Number two is excuses come from three places, pride, fear, and a scarcity mentality. Pride, fear, and a scarcity mentality. Let's talk about the first one, pride. Did you catch the thought process that started to kick in for Saul when he wanted to quit? Put verse 5 back on the screen, please. Halfway through that verse, come, let's go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Saul's ego is kicking in here. And it's easy for our egos to kick in when we're on a donkey mission. This is beneath me. I deserve better than this. Uh, if these people only knew what they were asking me to do, I shouldn't have done this. This is humiliating. Pride. The second one, fear. When the servant offers a viable option, look at what Saul says again in verse 7. Saul said to his servant, but if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? And he's instantly jumping into fear mode. What can we give? Our food is gone. What are we going to do? We have nothing to give the man of God. He deserves a gift, and we have nothing to give him. And how often do we do this in our own lives as well over the stupid things, right? I can't go to church this morning because I have nothing to wear. Have you ever said that before? Raise your hands. No one is going to be honest. No, uh, I'm not going to go hang out with friends because uh, I have stuff to do around the house. Oh, listen, you're all a bunch of liars. I don't care what anybody says. Yes, there we go. My wife got me. <laughs> uh, we don't do something because we're afraid of what people will think, right? Now, I know we can all relate to that one. 
We're not going to do this because the house isn't clean. And, and what happens if we die while we're gone and, and people have to come back and look at our house? They're going to think we were sloppy pigs, right? Anybody ever think that? <laughs> My wife's, this, listen, one time uh, when, when Graceland broke her arm, thank God for Pastor Dwayne and Carla. They, they helped us tremendously that night. I, uh, uh, Graceland uh, broke her arm a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was cleaning out the garage, and I am so glad the house was so clean that day. <laughs> I was just like, man, thank you, God, for allowing her to break her arm today and not yesterday, not tomorrow. Because uh, I got in the car. I, I put Graceland in her car seat. She's like screaming bloody murder right her her uh, hand is going the opposite direction it looks disgusting and um uh I called Dwayne and Carla I was like oh my gosh I need help the kids are at daycare I don't know what to do my wife's like an hour and a half away I need help because the daycare is going to close and I'm going to the hospital and they came to our rescue thank you God for them uh come on give it up for Dwayne and Carla they do amazing uh but uh, now uh, I'm going to tell myself a little bit here. We have two cars in our family. One is my wife's van, um, and it doesn't matter uh, if she has the kids or not. She always gets to drive her van, and I'll tell you why. Because my car is a car that the kids trashed completely, okay? It's like uh, the, the seats were this nice tan uh, color. They're black now, um, and we just said, oh, yeah, it came with black seats. That's what we, what we say now, right? Um, usually there's some type of rotten food behind a car seat or behind uh, one of the seats and it makes the car stink and then I have to clean it out just to know it's going to happen again because we say no food or drinks in the car but that lasts for about 30 minutes and then it happens again um and uh or, or my kids will sneak it in uh um I, I was cleaning out the car the other day and there was like 17 toys in the very back seat and I thought my god how many toys do we need in the car. Um, so anyways, Pastor Dwayne and Carla came to the hospital, and I was like, oh man, thank God the, the house is clean, and I'm like moving car seats, and Pastor Dwayne was like, hey, how about we just take your car? And I'm like, I'm telling you that that is not something you want to do. I'm promising you that if it was my wife's van, yes, I would be happy, but my car, we're just going to say, is not something that I would be comfortable you driving with. <laughs> and um, uh, so we put the car seats in the car, and they went on. Um, uh, so Saul ju instantly jumps into this fear, fear mode, right? What makes us react this way? Fear. Fear of rejection. Fear of failure. Saul was afraid if he showed up to the prophet's meeting without all of the customary stuff, that he would be rejected. And in your, inside his head, you can hear himself thinking, man, what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not good enough? Maybe you're here this morning thinking that. What if I'm not good enough? And plain and simple, Saul was afraid to fail. If we're honest ourselves, how often are we afraid of failing? Failing at being a good spouse? Failing at being a good parent? Failing at being a good soccer coach? Failing at being a business owner? Failing at being a small group or, or team leader at our church, we think to ourselves, if I can't even succeed at this, how in the world am I going to be able to succeed at, at blank? Fear of rejection, fear of failure. It's a huge cause of excuses in our lives. Excuses come from three places, pride, fear, and also a scarcity mentality. 
When the servant offers a viable option, Saul saw through the eyes of scarcity, not faith. How many of you see through the eyes of scarcity sometimes and not faith? Verse 7, Saul said to his servant, but if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? Essentially, Saul is saying, we don't have any bread and we don't have any money. (laughs) We do not have enough to see this man of God. The servant saw what could be done and Saul said what Saul saw what couldn't be done. And isn't it true that we do this in our own lives so often? My boss won't give me what I need to be successful. My husband doesn't lead our family spiritually, so we can't. My parents don't believe in me. I don't have the money or the connections or the resources to make it happen. And instead of having the mindset of, I can't afford this or, or, or I can't do this, we have to start changing our perspective and change our thinking that maybe we just have a different set of priorities right now. Maybe we need to rearrange some things in our lives. It's a mindset change. It's a change of thinking. And every single day, we all make value, value judgments with our money. We, we all make uh, judgments with, with our time. We all make judgments with, with our resources. And we will always be able to find a reason on why we cannot do something or why it can't be done or why we don't have enough. We can always find a reason. So we make excuses out of pride. We make excuses out of fear. And we make excuses out of scarcity mentality. Do you see yourself in any of Saul's excuses? Do you see yourself in any of Saul's excuses? What do we do about it? And this is point number three. We overcome our excuses with faith. We overcome our excuses with faith. It's so powerful to me that the servant chose to see through the eyes of faith rather than excuses. When Saul pushes back in verse 8, the servant says this. The servant answered him again. Look, he said, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what to take. Now, a quarter of a shekel of silver is about 50 cents, and today's value is just about $7. I mean, it wasn't that much at all. But Saul almost missed his donkey Uh, or his his donkey, Saul almost missed his destiny because of 50 cents. He almost missed his destiny because of 50 cents. The stinking 50 cents. If you've attended Oasis for any amount of time, you know our story. I'm going to share it today with you because I love sharing the story of Oasis Church and how, how awesome God is. But uh, in November of 2019, me and my wife moved to the Winchester, Virginia area, and it was anything but a pleasant move. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. We did not think we were supposed to be here. We thought that this was God's way of telling us to get the heck out of here. What are you doing? Um, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My wife's, my wife's correcting me. That's what I was thinking. And that's in my notes. Don't worry, babe. I got you. <laughs> uh, uh, I really thought, like, everything's going to crap, you know? Like the house fell through, uh, the kids can't even get into school because we don't have a place to live. If we don't have a place to live, you're considered homeless. It doesn't matter if you're in a hotel or not, right? So you can't have a homeless kid in school, apparently. So they wouldn't let us do that. We had to homeschool our children, which was a, a wild adventure for the very first time ever doing something like that in the middle of moving. It was a lot of change at really, really quick paces. And uh, we were just like, oh my gosh, we lived in a hotel for about a month. And um, <laughs> it, was, it was two days before 
before Christmas, before we found a place to live. And uh, man, I remember just putting up our Christmas tree like, man, this is, this is great. Thank God that we found a place uh, before Christmas. Merry Christmas, kids, right? We just spent thousands of dollars living in a hotel. You're not getting nothing, right? Um, but uh, we, uh, so we live in this hotel for like a month and we're, we're driving each other crazy, right? Uh, literally going insane. The hotel was nice enough to, to move us into a handicapped room to give us more space, which, uh, you know, three feet is a lot when you're in a small room for a long, long time. Uh, but so we finally got into our house and uh, uh, we actually lived in an apartment for a little while and uh, we decided, hey, this is, this is it. We're going we're gonna to tell everybody we're starting a church. We're super excited. Uh, Oasis Church coming February 2021. We plastered it everywhere. Uh, we, we, we told all of our friends. We told our family members. Uh, sending letters. I sent over 500 letters out to people asking uh, for them to, to, to pray for us, to, to consider being a part of it, uh, to, to give to us. And uh, we, we were super excited. And man, my pride got in the way a little bit because I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. We can raise $200,000. No problem. It's going to be super, super simple. I've been a part of a lot of churches. I've seen it done. We can do it. And there it was. It was starting to happen. Churches were calling us, hey, you know, we'll, we'll commit this. We'll give this. Uh, people were joining the team. Things were starting to happen. And I thought, man, this is really, really happening, right? Like we were excited. Um, but then March 2020, uh, and Alexis, you can come back up, or the worship team, I guess. But um, in uh, March of 2020, as we know, the world completely shut down, right? COVID 2019, uh, or COVID-19 hit, and um, uh, the, the world shut down, and I was like, man, a couple of weeks, that's crazy, you know, just two weeks, right? Everybody remember just two weeks? Remember just two weeks? Uh, two weeks, two years later, <laughs> right? And uh, 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 I remember, uh, you know, getting the first phone call of somebody saying, hey, man, uh, I know we were going to donate this much money, but... Obviously, we haven't had church in several weeks. We're not going to be able to commit anymore. And I thought, oh, no, right? Like, I didn't think of that. Uh, now, it's one by one. Every single person that was going to financially support us completely pulled out. And we instantly had nothing. And then uh, I, I start thinking, well, we're trying to get people on the team. I can't meet with anybody because the world shut down, right? And um, you don't ever know what somebody else wants, right? Like, are we wearing masks? Are we, are we high-fiving? We, uh, what are we doing? We don't know, right? Especially when you're brand new to an area. It's not like you know anybody, right? So we knew absolutely nobody. Uh, so, <laughs> um, in fact, I remember going to Lee's house. Uh, Lee's here and uh, Jamie, and uh, they were a part of our team at the very beginning, moved away and came back. They... I, I don't normally shout people out and tell them their life story, but they're here. Uh, but uh, I remember uh, meeting with uh, Lee the first time, and we sat on the porch, and we were like, do we, like, elbow tap? Do we, like, high five? Are we going to talk? What are we doing? It was really awkward. Uh, and that's how we met everybody in the very beginning. Yeah, I'm asking. Oh, my gosh. And, um, uh, and then uh, things started to open back up. We were, the, the team was growing. We were, we were having people join the launch team, uh, but we still had like very little money. And what we had thought of doing was going to take hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, instantly, uh, we didn't even have enough money to pay for rent for one month. And I thought, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And uh, I, I told my wife, I was like, maybe, maybe it's not now. Maybe, maybe we're not supposed to start a church right now. Maybe... Maybe I need to call everybody and say, hey, thanks so much for your giving over the last couple of months, but 
we're, we're pulling back. We're going to we're gonna have to reschedule, relaunch this church different time. It's just not in our favor. And Marjorie, God bless her heart here because she was the one who said, no, 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 no. We knew that we were going to launch the church in February 2021. God knew that we were going to launch the church in February 2021. Um, and he knew about the pandemic too, right? And he knew about every single financial sponsor that was backing out. He knew that maybe my pride was getting in the way, right? I thought maybe COVID was all about me and I shut, he shut it all down. So I would have to learn that I would have to rely on God and not on my own strength and knowledge. And um, we, uh, we were getting closer to February and I thought, babe, it really is like one speaker on one microphone, if we're lucky. Uh, we found a place because we weren't finding, we were actually supposed to start in John Kerr Elementary School, uh, but uh, we weren't able to because of COVID. So we ended up finding a hotel that we were able to start in uh, and they were super generous to us. And uh, I thought, man, it's really just going to be us in this room with a a microphone and Marjorie is like, and we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to preach the gospel, whether it's just me and you in the room or if, if we have any lights or, or band or sound equipment, projector screens, you know, all the cool techie stuff. And uh, I was like, man, we might not even have chairs. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, around October, November, I remember getting a phone call. So random, out of the blue. He said, hey, man, I heard you're launching a church in Winchester, Virginia. And I said, yeah. He said, I live in Winchester, but my church is in uh, uh, Ruston, Virginia. And he said, uh, we uh, actually just upgraded all of our sound equipment. And we were thinking about where we could, you know, pass off our old system to. Now, listen, church, I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting myself into. But I was like, man. So uh, Lee and I actually drove down to Reston, Virginia, and uh, I'll never forget, he'd, he'd taken us into this room, and there's like, I don't know, 47 wireless microphones or something, all these, everything that you see here, and I thought, no way, man, like, this is like legit stuff, like, it's not like, you know, from 1980 or anything, right, um, and he's like, yeah, man, take whatever you want, and we were like, what, like, anything, he's like, anything you want, and I was like, can we just take the whole room, is that okay, like, I mean, uh, how much can we fit into Lee's truck here? <laughs> uh, can I come back with a U-Haul? What do we need to do? Uh, we considered a U-Haul trailer. Maybe we should have grabbed a trailer, man. Uh, and, uh, and we loaded it up. We took it to a storage unit. And then that was the first phone call of so many. I got another phone call. Hey, man, we heard what you're doing in Winchester, and um, we want to give you uh, money to, to buy whatever. And churches that I've never met, pastors I've never met, one by one, like random people. The funny thing is the people that I thought was going to be able to support us weren't able to and then people I never met in our entire lives uh, were supporting us right um, and uh, doing whatever they could uh, a church took up an offering for us um, down in Virginia Beach another church called me in Virginia Beach and said hey man so-and-so told me what you guys were doing and we just think it's amazing and we want to be a part of that story and we have a trailer to give you and the trailer has tons of portable carts in it all of these things cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars like it's nothing that was cheap at all and it just kept happening and kept happening and kept happening so much so that when we launched the church uh, we were like man we have all this stuff and uh, you know we 
we weren't able to live stream or anything like that. We weren't even trying to do that. That wasn't even in the vision to begin with uh, because we're just this little baby church. And uh, the church across the street from us when we were at Hampton Inn called me one day and he said, man, your church meets across the street. I was like, no, nah, we're in a hotel. McDonald's is across the street. He's like, no, nah, we're down in the, in the plaza. And he's like, we want to buy all of your live streaming equipment because we think that you should be live streaming. I was like, you're right across the street. And I never even knew it until that day that he was across the street. And all this time we've been putting all these Oasis church signs out front pointing to like our church, like right in front of his church. We had no idea and they just wanted to support us. But man, uh, our butts always get in the way. Our butts always get in the way. Your faith is worth a lot more than you think it is. Your faith is worth a lot more than you think it is. We've heard so many stories of life change since the church has launched. We've seen over 50 people give their lives to Christ here at Oasis Church. Come on, somebody. We've seen miracles happen in our midst. Don't tell me my God isn't big. My God is big. Your God is big. Your God is able to do incredibly more, immeasurably more than all you could ever ask or imagine. He's able to move mountains in your life. Listen, and I get it. Headlines are overwhelming sometimes. Life can be overwhelming sometimes. Life can be extremely difficult sometimes. Are things unstable? Sure they are. Are things overwhelming? Sure they are. Does bread cost more than last week? Today, yes, it costs like $20 more to get a loaf of bread, I get it. Things cost more. But we all have a choice to make. We can all see that through the eyes of scarcity or we can all see it through the eyes of faith. We get to make a choice every morning when we wake up. What type of glasses are we putting on this morning? Are we gonna see through the eyes of faith or not? Are we gonna see with pride? Are we gonna see with fear or scarcity? Or are we gonna see faith through faith? Saul needed a friend to help him see differently. Consider me and this church your friend this morning. This message is meant for you so that you can change your focus, to change the prescription of glasses that you are wearing. Because we sing all the time, he's got the whole world in his hands, except for the upcoming elections. He's got the whole world in his hands, except for my relationship problems. He's got the whole world in his hands, except for the, the medical diagnosis that I received. He's got the whole world in his hands, except for my hopes and my dreams. He's got the whole world in his hands, except for when it comes to, to my finances, when it comes to my future, or when it comes to what do people think about me. And the number one command that Jesus said was, do not worry. He said it 131 times. Maybe, just maybe, he's trying to tell us something this morning. Saul almost missed his destiny because of excuses, but that doesn't have to be our story either. So I want to challenge you this morning. What excuses have you been making? What area of your life have you been living by fear, by scarcity, instead of faith? Would you stand to your feet in this room this morning? Father, I pray this morning for faith to rise up in your people. 
I pray that you give us a new perspective, a new focus, God, that we will stop making excuses, God, and we will listen to your voice. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus. I would say that's your very first step. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again and that you confess that with your mouth, that you shall be saved. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never said that. You've never confessed that Jesus was your Savior and your Lord. And, and maybe you're here this morning and you've walked away from God. And this is a moment for you to rededicate your life to Christ. Or, or maybe you're saying it for the very first time. Jesus is saying, today is your day. I want you to pray a prayer with us. We're going to pray it together as a church family for the benefit of those who may be saying it for the very first time. But church, if that's you this morning, would you repeat this prayer with me? Say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died and that you rose again three days later. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. The old is gone. Help me follow you all the days of my life. Help me change my perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. Now with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you just prayed that prayer, would you just slip your hand up? We have a free gift we want to give you. Amen. Come on, church, celebrate with us. If you just prayed that prayer online, can you just click the link in the comments below? And we have a team member that will pray with you and connect with you. Come on, church, can we make a resounding noise? The first lady wants to say something. Come on, somebody. Good morning, guys. Um, so whenever Pastor Jonathan was talking about how many times we make excuses, I was just sitting there thinking we all know that the enemy is here to kill, steal, destroy. And how does he operate? So remember all the messages we all know. He comes. He puts thoughts in our head. So the next time that we're presented with an opportunity to have an excuse, identify it. Identify the root. Is it fear? Is it shame? What is it? And then let it know that my God says this about me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay? I just feel that so in my spirit to share with you guys this morning. Okay. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, church, let's sing out this morning.